Similar to a well-tuned automobile, a guitar requires the same level of attention to perform at its very best. No matter how expensive your guitar may be, we will treat you and your instrument with the utmost respect. Call 920-723-1733 or visit jeffsguitar.com. Jeff's Guitar Clinic in Ford Atkinson, we love guitars. The attorneys at Jingris, Thompson & Walks have had the honor of receiving numerous awards for their work both in and outside the courtroom. But just as important as receiving accolades for being skilled attorneys, it's equally important to give back to the community in which they live and work. If you want a personal attorney that can help you in so many different areas, they've got them. They're in Eau Claire, Madison, Milwaukee, and Waukesha. They're easy to reach. GTWlawyers.com. That's GTWlawyers.com. Welcome to another podcast at SliceOffice.com, brought to you by our friends at MTI. Also, our friends at the Madison Teamsters, Local 695. Also, our friends, Madison Firefighters, Local 311. Joining us now, our friend, Ed Sedlowski Jr., who's the Executive Director of MTI. Ed, thanks for coming on the show in solidarity. Well, solidarity to you, Brother Sly, and solidarity to all the listeners, uh, all the working people that keep uh, focusing on making it a better world. All right. I read this story in uh, the Wisconsin State Journal about Madison School Board OK's layoff rules, minimizing seniority, and maximizing cultural competency. And I as I, as I read through the article, first of all, I was astounded at how little credit teachers get for advancing their training in academic credentials over the years. I was, I was shocked at that. And the other thing is, I don't have any idea what maximizing cultural competency is. What is that? Well, that, that's a very good question, brother. Uh, there's no definition of it, and uh, MTI continues the hard work of, you know, meeting, meeting, meeting regularly and uh, asking the tough questions and trying to find some resolution uh, to those uh, questions, you know. And um, this, this move by the school board, which started, oh, last June probably, June of twenty. Uh, we do an annual, you know, contracts were converted to handbooks, let's put it that way, in Madison and other places. But um, every year there's an annual review process, and every year it's really just been, again, more arbitrary and capricious decision-making by, uh, well, all employers, uh, because they can, right? Uh, there's no no collective bargaining, no enforcement, no sitting as an equal, truly, Um under the relationship as it currently exists in our state for public employees. So it's been very difficult conversation to get at uh, mutually arrived at agreements on concepts, especially uh, those that are charged uh, with such profound, and when I mean charged, uh, racially charged um, conversations. You know, I, I want to make sure absolutely that the listeners understand Wisconsin's become number one in the nation for the wrong reasons, our public schools. Uh, this is a real important issue that we're uh, top priority for the union. It always has been. Uh, Madison and the state, since uh, there was a 2019 report, with the complete defunding of public education in 2011, 
uh, not only the rights stripping, but the complete defunding of public education. Black children in our state uh, have the highest disparity in academic achievement in the country relative to their white counterparts. So that's, that's the issue. But you don't arrive at that uh, solution to those problems by stripping more civil rights uh, from public workers. Well, it almost seems like this is a... It, it almost seems as though what the school board did was they took the racial unrest and achievement gap and they used it as a cudgel against teachers. They decided to somehow turn seniority into the reason that we have an achievement gap. Is there any correlation between teachers being kept around because they have put the work in during the summers to advance their academic knowledge, master teachers? I, I know I've had, I've had first-year teachers and I've had 10-year teachers, and I will tell you, without an exception, the teachers that have been around for 10 years uh, are better teachers. Because they grow. Not to say that the first-year teachers were bad, but is seniority the reason there's an achievement gap? Well, there's, there's a lot of reasons, and there's no data to lend to that con- conclusion. None, none has been uh, available. None has been identified. No, no hard data, no, nothing measurable uh, from either. You know, the Handbook Committee in Madison has done a lot of work, a lot of research, and what have we found out uh, clearly and what all of the research shows nationally relative to student achievement, black excellence, black student achievement, students do better when they're taught by someone who looks like them. There's no doubt about it. A black educator, Latinx educator, uh, an indigenous person of color. Um, however, uh, students have always done better historically in a unionized setting, right, uh, where there's unfettered collective bargaining. So, again, there's been this uh, crux of those who have been here, teachers, educational support professionals, are the reason why students are failing, black students are failing, specifically. But, again, no, no connection, no intersectionality of data with uh, the problem. So this has been a real red herring, uh, in my opinion, my personal opinion, why seniority, uh, Sly? And this is something that we've advanced a question. Why senior, seniority? Why collective bargaining? Um, but those conversations just don't seem to get traction uh, in this appropriately, uh, a very, very important conversation. We have to get at this as a people, as a state, and uh, it's, it's uh, not being attended to in an appropriate way. They really, the legislature, the federal government, really need to um, really invest and commit the, the resources necessary uh, to resolve this, this critically important issue for our children. All right. Tell me about the retention at the school district. Has there been a problem with the school district being able to retain and keep teachers of color? Yes. So the district, with the help of MTI in the last several years, has made significant strides in attracting teachers of color. But we're still seeing uh, those same teachers leave, uh, not at a disproportionate rate, but all teachers are leaving. Uh, what do we know from the research? Teachers stay when they feel a part of the community, when they're welcome, supported, validated, um, 
you know, those kinds of uh, real feeling issues, a part of the community. Uh, so we're, we're doing everything possible internally within MTI, uh, examining our structures, our bylaws. We've just changed our bylaws as a union to include a faculty rep for equity and diversity at every work site uh, to help promote and encourage uh, the retention uh, of teachers of color. Uh, MTI's worked with the NEA in the last six years. Uh, we have what's called a centers uh, program at MTI, collaboration to ensure new teacher retention and, and success. So, you know, it, it matters. We believe it matters. And uh, we play a pivotal role, you know, to support our members and other employees uh, to, to get at this issue. Um, but, yeah, the district continues to struggle. So do all districts, by the way. This is nothing new. Um, we've looked at other models, Baltimore, New Orleans, other urban school districts, um, relative to black educator presence in the workplace. And Chicago, as they've moved towards a more, um, you know, using an evaluation process for layoffs, if you will, uh, much like Madison is now moving in that direction, uh, you know, performance reviews as part of the criteria for selecting layoff uh, when there's a reduction in force. And by the way, there's been no reduction in force in Madison in, in some 20 years. So, again, there's no evidence to, to lend to why seniority needs to be revamped. There's been no need for it. It's a, it's the wrong place to be focused. So are, are we going to see, te- is there something because of the pandemic, are we going to see teachers laid off? Well, that's to be seen, Sly. Uh, the district's done everything possible, and so, so has the union to say, look, we need to uh, staff up, not staff back. Um, teachers this year and students, we've all lived through a pandemic up to this point and um, unprecedented, right, at least in our lifetimes. And um, you don't lay off. You bring more resources to the problem. So, again, the state funding remains an issue. Uh, I know Governor Evers is working to restore the two-thirds funding for public schools. Madison School District is still operating um, at a 2012 funding level from the reductions of 2011. Uh, so we're eight years off the pace, if that makes sense, and what we're getting for, from support from the state. And uh, again, homeowners are bearing the brunt of the cost. Yeah, the, the property tax is a rather regressive one. Well, that's right. And the Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce have let that program successfully for the past 30 years, you know, transferring the, the responsibility for paying funding and uh, for public education to the homeowner. Um, and, and there's, again, corporations are paying less and less and working people are paying more and more, you know. Yeah. Our friend, uh, former state Senator Joe Winicky tried to change that, actually tried to change the state's constitution with a referendum and all the usual players, of course, stopped him. Uh, I have to ask you, as you, you know, you've come in. I was I was just looking at my Facebook history, and I posted a picture when you took the job. Well, you walked right into uh, the district and taking the helm at MTI at the most perilous time ever. <laughs> Yeah, it's been it's been like a uh, well, it's been a crisis, uh, health crisis. Um, 
but that's it's um yeah it's been a challenge i'll tell you what just again establishing uh meaningful relationships uh everywhere it's all been done remotely you know in the union uh and this is a big compliment to the new superintendent uh superintendent dr uh carlton jenkins he's a genuine deal he comes out of a rubber worker family in alabama he supports the union. Uh, he knows the value of the union. Um, we've done a lot of really good work, not only maximizing the preservation of life, health, and safety of students, families, and staff. Uh, you know, we've had this very gradual uh, return to public instruction uh, in person. Uh, so Madison and, and, and Milwaukee, really, in the state, uh, you know, have led the way by way of the layered mitigation strategies, the slow pace towards following the science. So it's it's been a lot of uh, difficult but very important work relative to the pandemic. And yet he and and yet he supported this change. The school board four to three voted uh, voted to change the seniority policy. Here he says the current handbook language has come to serve as a structure of racial inequity that runs counter to our commitment to dismantle each structure, as he wrote in his recommendation. Staffing decisions should be based on what's best for students, and that's retaining the most qualified staff. What, do you, what did you make of his efforts here? Well, again, those efforts are uh, uh, symbolic of uh, a lack of understanding of the why, public policy why of, uh, again, seniority. Uh, seniority is is literally a civil right. Uh, was put into the into the collective bargaining agreements 40-plus years ago to ensure that whoever was making the decisions to reduce staff comported those decisions with Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. You can't make employment decisions based on race. Uh, gender, sex. So the district, and we've been very vocal about this, and um, as soon as the district, those types of statements and pronouncements uh, by the, this public employer, uh, should they decide to lay off and uh, lay off individuals of, uh, you know, a, a color or race other than black, Latinx, indigenous persons of color, are, they're going to find themselves... Uh, really confronted with the possibility of civil litigation. All of the rhetoric is there. It, it's a really a prima facie case. So, so the Civil Rights Act of 1984, excuse me, 1964, seniority was, was part of that, and it was actually to protect uh, all teachers, in, including teachers of color. In other That's words, true. this could That's be used true. in some districts. This could be used against African American teachers. If well, we that's true, and and we know for sure, slide by doing the research, that uh, the educator effectiveness uh, model, the process and the procedures, it's called the Danielson rubric, and uh, it's biased. And um, when you listen to uh, staff of color, uh, why they leave. They leave because they don't feel supported, they don't feel welcome, they don't feel validated, uh, they feel dismissed within their own school community. And yes, even owning it within the union, seniority has been, has been discriminatory in other cases, but not here. 
again, there's been no layoff and there's been no use of that in, in decades and uh, that provision. It's a data fire and licensure and qualification. So those, those subjective measures that are going to be uh, administered by uh, 50-plus administrators from all backgrounds, there's going to be some uh, bias and some and problems. It's not objective. And uh, as you in, initially asked, what is cultural competency? That's to be seen. We don't know what that means, um, but without objective measures, uh, and I'll, I'll bring into the conversation, seniority has been discriminatory. When it's been used in a way, uh, can think of the uh, consent decree in the steelworkers. U.S. Steel had to uh, pay out a lot of money, primarily to Latinx employees, um, and women back in the day, because they were dual seniority lists. People were, you know, it, it, that's not what's happened in Madison. It's a bona fide seniority system. Everybody's covered by the same system, the same procedures. Uh, there's no pigeonholing somebody into a lesser list, if you will, because, you you know, more less desirable work, that kind of thing, based on any uh, protected category, race, gender, sex, uh, dis, you know, a disability that hasn't happened here. So it hasn't been shown to be discriminatory. So there's really no basis for messing around with it. In the end, I would submit to everyone listening, this is just another example of power being consolidated into one position within a large organization. And an employer is doing this because they can. That's well, why. No collective bargaining. We'll take a break. Ed Sedlowski, Jr., Madison Teachers Incorporated with us at Sly'sOffice.com. I want to thank all the labor unions here in Dane County that help keep Sly'sOffice.com up and going so you keep up to date. Whether it be the Madison Firefighters, Local 311, or the Madison Teamsters, Local 695, or our friends at Madison Teachers Incorporated. These are some of the most active local unions who organize, 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 and constantly stand up for workers. Thank you from SlyesOffice.com. When you're looking for a new computer or need help with one you already own, call 231-8000 and Madison Computer Works will get things up and running for you. Madison Computer Works, computers that work for you. And we're back at SlyesOffice.com, brought to you by our friends at Madison Computer Works, Jeff's Guitar Clinic, and the Operating Engineers Local 139. All right, uh, Ed, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the district and the, the changes in the district and what's gone on during this uh, pandemic. I I'm sure you've seen it. I've almost smashed my television a couple times as I've seen Joe Scarborough on Morning Joe bash teachers unions uh, during this pandemic for somehow being an obstacle in schools reopening. And at the very same time, I've seen, uh, you know, people that really understand the, the science of the new variants and what's going on saying, hey, uh, Teachers are in danger, and we're in a situation where uh, if we're going to get this under control, you can't have a one-size-fits-all for school districts reopening. And yet, uh, somehow, teachers became the bad guy in the whole school reopening issue. How is that possible? 
Well, it's, it's a very lazy approach to solving some very complex problems. And again, brother, what do we know for sure? Health and safety concerns, and by the way, those uh, safety concerns, discipline, termination are the three things left by statute by which uh, a, a municipal employee, a school district employee in Wisconsin can actually file a grievance. Uh, we haven't availed that process. We haven't had the need so far. Uh, what again? Uh, well, it happens because of that same political dynamic. It's it's an easy fallback for those uh, ultra conservatives, uh, anti union conservatives, and uh, and neoliberals. Neoliberals, you got it, brother. That's the other word uh, to limit the voice as equals of working people. Um, so the unions where we've seen. Uh, again, Madison, Milwaukee particularly, uh, Chicago, uh, Boston, New York uh, to a good degree, uh, California, a lot of locals in California making great progress in ensuring uh, that, again, we maximize the preservation of life and health and safety uh, for students. And now the variables, the variants that you're talking about, we're finding, again, we've been watching like what happens in Europe and then Canada comes here. Uh, it's here in Dane County, the variants, and s- students, children are getting sick. Students are transmitting the virus. And, uh, it, and again, we're seeing a, a, an uptick right now in cases because of it. So, Well, aren't, aren't teachers also protecting students? That, that's the point. You, you, we sure are. If you saw the teach-out uh, that MTI members did uh, to protest uh, uh, too fast of a return. Uh, so we've done a phased re-entry uh, in Madison again, and, and this is a, a compliment again to the new superintendent, Dr. Jenkins, um, you know, having MTI as part of those conversations, not the decision-making, <laughs> but, you know, that, that, uh, that resides in one individual, the superintendent. The decisions reside in one person. But we have been a very... Uh, you know, forceful, diplomatic, and um, professional uh, player in the conversations, uh, asking the tough questions uh, around all these issues and asking about the other way and other things to look at. But the layered mitigation strategies uh, for those in the Madison public schools, uh, families and students and staff, the layered mitigation strategies that exist in Madison, I've been unable to find. Uh, anywhere else in those um, urban settings that I just identified. Uh, contacts all over the country, and everybody's saying, wow, you all have accomplished a great deal, and we have. And that, that means uh, that notion of collaborative problem solving, that's what it's described as in Madison, labor management, good, mature employment relations. So we've had our missteps, but we continue to um, stick at it, and we're going to continue to do that. And, um, you know, where we have missteps, disagreements, we get over it and we figure out uh, where do we go from here. But make mo- no mistake, Madison teachers, even though it's a very pro-union community, uh, have been negatively affected by Act 10. Every working person in this country has been negatively affected by Act 10, as goes Wisconsin, was the cry uh, in 2011. Uh, yes, like uh, educators have had 
a decreasing standard of living uh, since July 1st of 1993, when the Republican King Tommy Thompson, governor, and a handful of Democrats in the legislature uh, put severe restrictions on educator bargaining rights. Uh, that remained unabated until 2011 when they took the whole damn thing. So it started under Thompson. That's right. And the defunding and the cost shifting uh, really started back in 93. Cost shifting back onto the homeowner, the property taxpayer, and the exemptions that are afforded for big corporations uh, by the manufacturers and commerce. You know, it's been a very calculated and successful legislative campaign. It's taken decades, and they've accomplished their goal. We just Deep had on a, the public schools. Yes. We just had a race for school superintendent with the, you know, one race statewide, the entire focus was on education. And frankly, you know, the friction, the, the, the major, there were two major friction points uh, between these two candidates. Uh, Underly was for a cautious approach to reopening schools, uh, a measured approach. Kerr was not. She was for a one-size-fits-all, opening schools all over the state, be damned the consequences. And the other difference, obviously, was on vouchers. Well, I looked at the map. I know Wisconsin politics pretty well. I might, If I do pat myself on the back here, I know how all the counties work. I'll tell you something. Jill Underly won in a lot of conservative counties. And when I think of the, the, the voucher debate and money being taken out of the public school system and being put into disproportionately, you know, some pretty bad schools. These, these voucher schools are not good schools. I would say Wisconsin rejected vouchers by a wide margin, Ed. I don't yeah, think I vouchers are popular. I agree, Sly. I agree. It's, it's our tax dollars going to uh, private entities again, privatization of public services. Uh, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, you know, we're family. You and I are, we're family, our families. And um, we moved here when we started having kids uh, purposely. We moved from the far southeast side of Chicago in the early 90s to Madison because of the quality of public education that we wanted our children to experience and uh, experience as a family. Uh, that's all been now eroded again. Remember, Wisconsin is number one in the country for the wrong reason. Uh, the disparities that exist amongst black students versus their white counterparts, but also the data shows uh, that, you know, the decline in uh, achievement amongst all students. That's the other thing. It's, and it's been a complete dismantling. By those on the right, those self-ish individuals, uh, you know, it's all about greed and money. That's what it's about. Are there some other issues that frustrate you beyond the political differences that are, that are going on? In other words, can any urban school district function if parents are not involved in the process and take partial ownership in the process? Can students succeed without parents being involved? Well, I think uh, every, you know, all children need their parent or parents involved um, in their education. Education has to be, uh, the expectations have to be that education is a priority. 
the good news in Madison, again, uh, with a new administration, uh, there's renewed focus on family engagement, uh, family participation, uh, welcoming, encouraging support. Uh, resources are being committed. Uh, resources are being committed to uh, attract and retain uh, teachers, a more diverse uh, teaching uh, body uh, by way of staff. Uh, so we're, we're working very um, diligently to uh, put all those things that are really important for kids into place in spite of the lack of financial support and resources from the state or federal government right now. And, and we, we, because we do practice an unusually harsh form of capitalism in America. Uh, urban, oh, er, urban, urban areas have been traumatized. People have been traumatized by this. And if you don't have your own bearing and you're not stable on two feet for a variety of reasons, uh, it's, it's hard to be involved in your kid's life. And so, boy, I tell you, schools are the, schools are kind of show the signs of a greater problem in our society. And that is, uh, we've got too many people unable to make a living and live in a safe community because we have just, we have just decided that the Wall Street lobbyists are going to have the most power in this country. I want to ask you a little bit about Michael Jones, the new president-elect of your union. You're the executive director. You're hired by the board. Uh, the The president of the union is always uh, a teacher, if I'm not mistaken, or somebody that works in the district. Tell me about Michael. Well, Michael Jones is a, a spectacular trade unionist, a great special ed teacher. He's currently working as dean of students uh, assigned to West High School. Uh, again, dismantling those structures of uh, white supremacy, if you will, uh, power all, all, all um, placed in the hands of one position. Uh, MTI's dismantled their by, uh, bylaws, our structural rules, and uh, for the first time in our union's history, literally we had a three-way contested race for the office of president of the teacher unit. And uh, Michael uh, succeeded in that election, uh, ran a great campaign, did very well. We had really great candidates, too, uh, by the way. All three were just spectacular candidates, but Mike prevailed. And uh, he shares the vision of a progressive, uh, more industrial-style union of uh, social justice, racial justice, economic justice. So again, we're we're working diligently to um, recreate our structures and empower our leaders uh, in the schools, down on the shop floor, as I say, uh, with uh, you know controlling one's own destiny. Uh, Michael shares that vision. Uh, as a matter of fact, this year MTI uh, was able to get the district to agree and commit, and it's and it's happened to train every building team, our elected leaders at each school in the collaborative problem-solving process, the labor management process. So there's a, a, a venue, if you will, and support being provided to make every school the best school possible. Because every school is a unique setting, right? Every school is its own community. It has its own culture, its own focus. 
and uh, again, uh, specific students and families that attend. So Mike is, is going to be a great president. Uh, he's, a, he's a bona fide leader in the, in the best sense. So we're very excited about Mike. Uh, Andy Wadey, who's termed out, the current president, uh, has done a lot of heavy lifting to get MTI where it is today. In the past four years, he was president, and um, well, actually for almost six, but uh, in the post-Act 10 environment. So Andy's tenacity, Andy's vision uh, as an elected official uh, has been, like they've done a lot of heavy lifting, let's put it that way, in the post-Act 10 environment. MTI was the last union in the teachers' unions to have a collective bargaining agreement uh, remain in place until 2016. They had the last vestiges of a full collective bargaining agreement um, five years beyond uh, Act 10 in 2011. And that was the credit of the prior executive director uh, and leadership of the union under John Matthews uh, and Andy as well. So MTI is poised to really continue doing what it's always done. Uh, you know, its members have a great uh, glorious heritage, right? of progressive unionism, social justice unionism, racial justice unionism, economic justice unionism. And we're going to continue to build that and uh, more capacity and uh, have have a seat at the table, if you will, in all matters affecting students and, and staff. Final question, almost out of time. Um, I disagreed with the school district taking the police officers out of, out of the schools. Uh, but it happened. Uh, we, we haven't got all the schools back in full session as of yet. Are you happy with the focus on security? Because if you don't have security at a school, if you don't have people feeling like they're safe to eat, teach or go to class, I, it, the rest of it's out the window. Um, are, do you feel as though the district is focusing the right efforts to make sure the teachers and students are going to be safe without those officers. Yes, I'm very confident that uh, things will remain as safe as they've always been. There's a different approach and focus right now, again, getting back to students. And uh, basically it's restorative justice, trying to get away from, uh, you know, the the, um, prison pipeline, if you will, getting kids tickets and all that kind of stuff. So uh, there's a big focus right now, an appropriate focus on more resources, more cultural understanding of all things, and a restorative justice focus on uh, meeting the needs of everyone to retain safety, uh, more engagement, uh, more buy-in, more feeling welcome, and uh, getting at the root causes of, uh, you know, behaviors, uh, white white students act, uh, you know, not in comport with uh, the cultural norms of a school setting, uh, all the things that go into that. So that also goes beyond just the teaching aspect of it. This is um, it's a lot of really good work going on right now, and uh, we're, we're wedded to it. Junior, Madison Teachers Incorporated, thanks for coming to Sly's office. Thanks for having us on, brother. Sly'sOffice.com. Thanks a million. Bye-bye. <laughs>